Welcome to Season 3, Episode 2 of the Live Lounge podcast series for the British Chamber of Commerce, Shanghai. This episode and also the next episode will be hosted by Stephen Proud. He's the Global Marketing Director of Brandigo in China. He's put together a two-part series based on B2B marketing during uncertain times. So what Stephen's done is he's brought four different speakers together over two episodes. This episode will feature Michael Meyer, who's the senior partner of Schindler Parent in Germany, and Orit Oz is the founder and president of Oz Global B2B in Israel. Stephen will ask similar sorts of questions to all the speakers from different parts of the world, and you can draw your own conclusions about some of the contrasts, some of the similarities that we're all experiencing during these uncertain times. So for now, I'll hand over to Stephen for part one and do tune in for episode three where you can hear part two of this series. Michael, do you just want to give yourself an introduction and tell us about your background and, and that of your agency, please? Yes. Uh, hello, Stephen. Very happy to be here on your podcast. Yeah, Schindler Parent has been around for more than 40 years now. And we are in two locations. One is close to the German-Swiss border and the other one is close to Stuttgart. And we are specialized in B2B, true B2B, because most of our customers are medium to large companies between 500 and 6,000 employees, and they're exporting like crazy. Excellent. Thank you. Can I start by just asking you, obviously, it's a very uncertain time in the world at the moment. Are you seeing any patterns in the types of questions or challenges that you're clients are coming to you with at the moment? Are there any sort of common questions or shared concerns that you're seeing? Yeah, definitely, because what is happening now is that digital transformation at many of my customers is now making it a giant leap forward. And all the, the topics that we've been discussing with our clients over the last two to three years, like lead generation, virtual selling, uh, things like that, they are, they are now absolutely on vogue. And I'm very happy that we are you know, really well prepared for that. We have developed a program called uh, Lead Generation Engine, which means we are building quite complex content oriented focused on Google websites and a lot of landing pages around special topics, long tail keywords and so on. This is what our customers really need at the moment because everybody is more or less a lockdown. All the, the sales uh, representatives uh, cannot travel. They cannot see face-to-face -face clients. And as I was discussing with one of our partners in the U.S. Uh, last week as well, some countries, they are already used to this sort of yeah, selling, especially large countries like in, in the U.S. But uh, here in Germany, uh, it has definitely been very old-fashioned in that respect. And now suddenly companies uh, have to change a lot in the way that they generate their leads, no more cold calls because, you know, people are in the home office, they cannot immediately connect to their colleagues or whatever. And then another pattern I have seen is that quite a few of my clients were not really well prepared for uh, the topic of home office. They, they uh didn't have the equipment, they didn't have the, the VPN hubs to really connect uh, the people at home with the servers in their companies and so on. So yeah, COVID-19 really gave uh, digital transformation a huge push. Excellent. That's really interesting. And it kind of vindicates then some of the, the suggestions or some of the ideas that you were talking to with your clients almost a couple of years ago. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we have become HubSpot and Showpad partners uh, already a year and a half ago or two years ago. And that is really something that I saw coming, Yeah, that, that sales will change completely. And uh, B2B tends to be a very conservative segment. So I've seen virtual selling taking a hold in, in the consumer business uh, before. And, and B2B tends to lag like two to five years behind consumer in, in that respect. And uh, we were already establishing with some customers systems for combining their CRM with a showpad uh, with leads generated via HubSpot and so on. And this is now really the topic that everybody uh, is looking for, that they get some help in how to change their sales organization. And the, the way that they have been run before the sales organization um, has now changed Completely. And salespeople, they are much more, let's say, independent now. They, they are not uh, stuck in, in this, oh, how many visits uh, at customers did you do this week pattern that used to uh, govern their life. But today, they do a lot of uh, research uh, online. They, they try to connect via channels like LinkedIn or Xing here in Germany, which is the, the German-speaking equivalent to LinkedIn. And some of them are adapting very, very fast, but a lot of them find it very hard to, to change from something that is really ingrained in, in their organization to this new type of behavior. So in many cases, we're actually doing trainings with people We, we show them how to uh, research on LinkedIn, how to find the right people, how to connect with them. We are building LinkedIn channels for uh, our customers, uh, both on uh, the company side as well as on, on the personal side. So you get you know, to connect these messages that are being sent out. We're creating a lot of stories that have not just a technical background, which German engineers normally love a lot, but which give uh, a little bit of an emotional uh, twinge here as well. Just thinking about the, the region that you're working in specifically, what right now in terms of client communication channels or marketing channels are proven to be the most effective? Or is there anything that you've tried that, that hasn't worked? What is really working well for a lot of our customers is, is LinkedIn. And we are specifically preparing, for example, now for a big client, uh, a campaign on LinkedIn uh, in, in the uh, Asian area. So we are looking at India right now. We're looking at Australia, Malaysia, Taiwan, and some other uh, countries in, in that respect. It's, it's for a company in, in the woodworking industry. And they have never tried LinkedIn before, but now they suddenly see the potential when we showed them some of the figures regarding market size, regarding how many people are really online in, in these social channels and so on. They... Uh, they were beginning to realize that they are obviously missing out on a big opportunity. But there is a good thing in this. Uh, they're not the only ones who have overlooked this. Um, all of their competitors have never tried this before. So now uh, my uh, client is the first company who is uh, trying that out and that will probably give us headway regarding this. What has not worked uh, for uh, some clients uh, is definitely trying to push B2B sales uh, into a channel like Facebook uh -huh. because there uh, we had to do this uh, in some instances because customers were insisting on it and we really tried to make it work very hard. 
But Facebook is good for HR. Facebook is good for establishing some sort of more personal relation and whatever. But it is definitely not as good as LinkedIn when it comes to B2B. With the benefit of hindsight, do you feel that there's anything that businesses in your region could have or should have done more when the virus situation first started to develop? in January. So you mentioned earlier that some organizations have struggled to take their operations online as much as as much as compared to some others. Yeah, yeah the, the, uh, Germany is, is very well known for its engineering, but what we are not really well known for is our digital infrastructure. So we have fairly good internet everywhere, but when it comes to mobile internet, for example, there, there are quite a few areas that are not very well connected. And if you look at countries like Korea, for example, we are lagging behind by uh, you know at least a generation or two when it when it comes to that and uh, that is definitely something that uh, has hindered the transformation of uh, some companies but what people have not really realized is there's a lot of talk about this being a black swan moment mm -hmm. and uh, w what i can see is that a lot of business leaders they have never considered that something unforeseen might might happen. People were so comfortable over the last 10 years because here in Germany, business has been growing, the car industry has been booming uh, and so on. We've been exporting like crazy. And uh, okay, then, you know, some things happen in the car industry. Suddenly it's electric vehicles everywhere, but still, you know, Germany is producing a lot of cars, not just in Germany, but in a lot of their subsidiaries all around the world. But that something of this scale would happen so quickly, only a few companies prepared or had flexibility built into their organization to adapt to this very quickly. And, and like I said, I I'd had an emergency plan ready for my own company, and I had already envisioned that at some stage uh, we might not even need uh, an office. Yeah, We still have an office these days, but over the past couple of days, I had some with my partners that maybe we only need you know an office half the size of what we have now even if we have double the people because people like to work from home in some instances they like to come in and meet their colleagues as well but uh, especially at, at some of my customers in, in the really conservative areas of b2b uh, people have were, they were sharing like a desktop computer yeah and then you can't simply take that home. Or I had a client who had a VPN network that was only suitable for something like 25 people, but suddenly 400 were working from home. Yeah? And, and so people had to come back into the office and work in the office, which was not a very good idea to do, as, as you know, just because of the missing infrastructure. And here in, in my company, we've been doing everything digitally anyway over the last five to 10 years already. So we could very easily adapt to that. And in the beginning, I, I thought, okay, are, are people going to cope with this? But uh, now for over three and a half weeks, it has been running very, very well. And, and when I compare it to... Uh, yeah, industrial companies, not just my uh, clients, but others as well. Some of them are struggling really, really hard to cope with this because they, you cannot virtualize a machine. You have to have somebody there who, who is operating that machine. But what you can do is you can give this person a certain flexibility. Maybe he can remotely control the machine or something like that. You can reduce the number of people that are working in the plant or you, you can increase the distance of the people in the plant working. But there were never any plans prepared for something like this. Uh, 
Yeah, and, and that maybe is the, in hindsight, this is the, the missing factor that, that I can see that nobody ever, ever considered that there might be a moment where things will change by 180 degrees. Sure. Last question. And you can be as pessimistic or as optimistic, but knowing you, I think you're going to be quite optimistic for this one. Just be interested now to get your personal opinion, your outlook for B2B marketing. So once the current situation comes to an end, hopefully, do you think we're going to be back to business as usual or should we be expecting a new normal? I, I, I think sales will never be the same again. Yeah, I do. There will be some some companies that will go back to their old sales pattern, you know, with visiting customers, spending a lot of time on the road and so on. But if I look at myself, the amount of time that I save by not traveling by car, by train or flying to the, some of my customers right now, it, it is so much time. Yeah, that I say. And on the other hand, if I look at personal relationship, relationship building, it, it's always good to meet somebody person to person. But you don't have to do it like every week or every month. Maybe you just do it every three months. And then in the meantime, you, you do it via a video conference, you do it via some other collaboration tools where you share things uh, and so on. And if I look at a lot of my, my customers, they tend to be quite international organizations. And they are beginning to realize that they have to change the way they are selling their products and services uh, and, and that travel is a cost it's a waste of time and if you look at the, the the cost that sales create inside a company it is one of the most costly departments in a company you know sales people they, they tend to have fairly good salaries if they are good uh, they, they get some uh, extras but then they, they spend so much time in an let's say inefficient way by just traveling yeah and, and if they could put maybe half of their travel time into more efficient selling online, uh, it, it could increase productivity in sales quite a lot. So I think quite a few companies will rebuild, reschedule their sales activities to a certain extent. Maybe not 100% digital virtual sales, maybe not uh, to 100% not traveling anymore, but uh, that the number of days spent on the road will go down. Michael, thank you very much for giving your insight and the benefit of your experience. And I'm glad to hear everything is going well in your part of the world and that people are staying safe. So thank you very much. Thank you very much, Stephen. It's been a great pleasure to be talking with you. I'm delighted to be joined by this section of the podcast by Orit Oz, who is the owner and founder and chair of Oz Global, based in northern Israel. Orit, thank you for your time this afternoon. Do you want to just give me a quick overview of your agency and the type of work you're doing and just briefly introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. I started the agency 24 years ago. We have a team of 25 people and our clients are mainly international companies, Israeli companies that operate in the global market. We specialize in business to business. Our companies, uh, our clients are companies that usually have a technical, uh, very technical product that they sell around the world. Uh, the agency uh, gives what we call a full service agency. We, do, we start from brand strategy through creative and digital marketing. Okay, great. Thank you. What I wanted to start off with is, obviously, we're globally, we're in a great period of uncertainty. 
at the moment. But I'm interested to hear if from your clients, are you seeing sort of similar questions? Is there any commonality in the in the challenges that your clients are bringing to you or the questions that they're asking you and your team? Uh, yes, well, first of all, as I said before, all our clients operate in the global market. So that's uh, true from day one, which means that they um, really have, you know, um, export-oriented. Uh, we have three main verticals, medical, um, agri-tech, water technologies, and manufacturing. It really depends on the, on the client. But in general, those clients that I'm talking about, and now at the stage that we are in Israel, which is about, uh, I would say, about a month into this uh, situation, a lot of their concerns are, are regarding to operations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of the employees are at home. The manufacturing companies have to work in uh, small shifts. They have worries about supply chain from China, which actually now is starting to change. And we understand the, the worries are different from that. Uh, so uh, most of our clients at this stage haven't changed, haven't come to us with challenges about the marketing, even though I'll talk about that a bit later on. But their main, uh, their main concerns are about the manufacturing. Uh, we've seen in the past that the manufacturing sector usually starts feeling the, a bit later on the crisis. So uh, it takes a, usually a few months, sometimes even half a year until they uh, start feeling really the change as they're, re- they're still supplying orders that they've got. On the other hand, we have clients... Uh, for example, a company that manufactures medical device for the aesthetic industry. So uh, as you can understand, companies like that, that all their, their customers that are clinics that are all closed down around the world, they've been really feeling a big impact. And uh, a lot of them have shut down for a month. In Israel now, we're in a, a month with uh, Passover holidays. So a bit like in China when it went with the New Year uh, holidays here we have a week's holiday so some of them have uh, shut down i can say that regarding to branding people have gone back down to basic which means we had the big uh, projects of brand strategy which have been put on hold we can understand that this isn't the time you know it's not the time to start talking about visions and missions people uh, the companies are back down to uh, essential things in marketing those things have being put on hold and in general another thing that we see is uh, the need to adapt the messages of content we do a lot of content marketing and you know we've uh, really had to rethink of uh, the messaging and change the messages it's interesting that you've sort of amended some of the messaging a little bit is that sort of changing the focus of the messaging changing the the tonality of the messaging how was how's that look Yes, so so of course, you know, it really depends again on the company, but we understand that we can't just continue as, you know, as life is normal. We understand that our clients have different concerns now. So, yes, uh, really depending on the company, we adapt the messaging. A lot of messaging will talk about the situation and how that we are, we, the companies, continue to manufacture and we'll we'll be there for you you know even though that the time is hard in us we also do quite a lot of internal what we call branding in so employee engagement and internal communications and here as well there's been a lot of adaption and companies that are headquartered here in israel really want to make sure employees all around the world 
feel safe and feel that the company is behind them. So we've been helping the companies, you know, with the internal communication. For example, uh, we have a company that created for them a short video to send to the employees in Italy. Uh, all the management in Israel talked in Italian, sort oh, of wow. to, to give support. To, yeah. So that was, you know, that, that's an example because I didn't say it, but in Israel, luckily at this stage, we're still in quite good shape. So uh, people, we're all at home and sort of taking it very uh, strictly, but uh, we see what's happening in Italy and Spain and other countries. And if you think that you have employees there, it's uh, really, really important uh, for them to feel that, that the company is, uh, is strong, is standing behind them and they, you know, the management really appreciates the the efforts they're doing interesting really interesting as we all know you know all the trade shows have stopped already yeah. quite a few months ago all of our clients i would say uh, trade shows seminars conferences are quite a big part of of their, their marketing what we see there is really a shift first of all a shift of budget to digital marketing and also we've been starting to do uh, webinars but i'll talk about that bit more later on okay. so, yes yeah, so there's been uh, we see a big shift to to online from that point of view we saw there was the announcement here earlier this week that the the canton fur which is you know it's it's for sure one of the biggest trades industrial industry and trade shows in this part of the world and possibly globally and that is going to be entirely virtual this year and it's going to be really really interesting to see how that forms and what that looks like huge offline experiences and how they're going to take that online is going to be fascinating to see i think yes no i, I mean in general we see the adaption to the online uh, communication um, it's really interesting it starts from the schools through you know the workforce and uh, here in israel we had passover with a jewish holiday in israel and families had to sit at home. We weren't allowed to meet with our parents and grandchildren and everyone was on So it's got into all, all places in life, I think, yeah. I know your clients are international, but in Israel, you're about three weeks to a month into the, the situation. In terms of the client communication and marketing channels, what's working well? right now and is there anything that you've tested that hasn't quite worked in how you'd expect it yes so as i said uh, just before i think one of the really really good experience and surprising i have to say really surprised from the outcome of this was one of our clients does quite a lot of technical uh, conferences or meetings you know they meet in order to give uh, training mm -hmm. uh, we suggested uh, to create a whole series of webinars the first webinar was last week. They had 450 clients online, which is it's quite unbelievable because if you think in uh, real life, when they were doing these seminars, they used to be perhaps 40 people, maximum 50 people, because they were flying them over and, uh -huh. and having a few days together. So it's like completely changing the way that they do, but they were really happy with it. There was, there was even, you know, questions and interactions. So that was, that was something that worked really well i think it's quite an early stage so so i can't say yet something that tried and hasn't worked I that's think, good uh, as i said you know, yeah, yeah changing the messaging and the webinars i would think would say are the main things that we've been uh, doing this stage fascinating in hindsight do you feel that businesses in your region should have perhaps could have done more when the virus situation first started to develop so obviously 
I guess for you guys, there's, there's two ways of seeing when this started. You could take it back three weeks ago to when it started to affect you guys, or you could take it back to January when it started to affect China with the benefit of hindsight. Could your businesses be doing more? I think it's a, it's a really good question. And Israel is a, is a country that we've, we experience uncertainty. We have a lot of things going on, you know, all the time. So, sure. And even, even saying that, I think it was very hard to understand that this is going to be something that's going to bring such big impact on the world. Everyone was uh, looking at what's happening in China and thinking, oh, okay, it's in China. It's, personally, I think it's hard to really uh, estimate the impact. I have to say that the government here in Israel took a very strict approach uh, from the beginning of March. So it's, it's actually, it's, we said three weeks, but we're already about five weeks. <laughs> yes, you know, time flies. <laughs> um, they took a very strict approach and people are sort of, I think part of the culture in Israel, we have a very flexible culture and also a culture of problem solving. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that really helps here. It's, it's interesting to see how quickly uh, people have been adapting. Uh, there's been a lot of initiatives around the situation and the companies have really quickly started uh, changing uh, production in order to give a solution to the situation. Mm-hmm. I have a, just a small example of one of our clients that they're a manufacturer of plastic sheets and they have, uh, you know, you have these antibacterial sheets. So in a matter of a few days, they set up production line to create the sort of those uh, parent masks. There's a lot of research going on in Israel. A lot of uh, startup really have changed what they're doing. So even though I think it was uh, hard to, to understand, I think that uh, people here have adapted very, very quickly to the change. Interesting. And it's interesting that you make the point that that's something that's perhaps part of Israeli culture to be adaptable. A lot of the companies that we see or hear of anecdotally is there wasn't a lot of contingency planning that had been done in the past because nobody sort of anticipated something like this. So it can be quite hard to react quickly when things do change for the worst. So like you said, it's it's interesting that there's perhaps an underlying culture of that in your region. Yes, and I have to say, even though, as I said, we, we've experienced challenging times, you know, I mean, we've, uh, I have companies that all worked uh, during war here, mm-hmm. and the manufacturing has always gone on, even uh, we, when we talk about how it was uh, in uh, there was the Lebanese war in 2006, I think we've never experienced such a, a big impact. The fact that this is global and it's really us now, it's been for businesses here in Israel, the challenge is to be, has been to continue to operate even though they're really challenging time, but the world is continuing to, to operate. But I don't think anyone really uh, understood the impact that it's, sure. uh, it's going to have. And, and I don't sure we know what the future that we'll be talking about. But Well, um, that, that brings me nicely to the next question. What is your outlook for the future? So for, for B2B marketing specifically, do you think when this finally comes to pass, are we going to be going back to business as usual or should we be expecting a, a new normal for B2B marketers? It's a good question <laughs> and um, a challenging question. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> I, first of all, I think that uh, we're not going to go back to usual. I, don't, I think that there's, this situation is such, so big that uh, I think we're going to all uh, explore, have a new normal, as you call it. I think that 
we're trying to do in Oz is to think of how how that reality is going to look. I think that first of all, they're going to be much more online interactions, online sales meetings. All our clients had salespeople all around the world, flying all around the world, going meeting. I think in, in B2B, it was meetings, the personal meetings were still very important. Mm -hmm. So I would say, you know, that was before the situation that's very common. I think that uh, the sales teams are going to learn to, to be much more online. It's interesting, you know, I was talking to a colleague in the US where I think they're used to that. They're used to doing uh, online sales because the US is big. But interestingly, uh, our client salespeople really meet, went and met. So I think they're going to be much more online sales meetings. And from our point of view, we will we want to, you know, bring in more sales tools that will adapt it to the online, to, to, you know, have meetings online. I think all the sales enablement platforms and all the digital tools are going to get, get, be much more in use. Uh, talk, you know, we talked about webinars. Webinars uh, instead of seminars, I really believe there are going to be more and more of that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think also, you know, I think the, the world is going to slow down a bit. So uh, one of the really interesting things I think we've uh, experienced, I think everyone has experienced, suddenly we have much more time because instead of sitting in the car in traffic jams or being on the plane flying to different places where we're at home, so I think that things are going to slow down and that's going to change in general, not just, uh, not just the B2B marketing, in general, mm -hmm. our lives. I think, uh, you know, digital marketing in all the versions is going gonna, is gonna to be much more stronger. You know, in the um, B2C and consumer goods, e-commerce has already been um, very strong for many for a few years already. But in the B2B, in the very technical B2B, I think e-commerce and online sales processes are going to get much more, much more impact. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's another thing that I think is going to be very interesting that's regarding the work process and workforce. So uh, interestingly, you know, you said at the very beginning that uh, our agency is located in the north of Israel, which is quite unusual. And uh, a lot of times we have challenges finding people. And I've been talking for probably the last year about the remote, remote workers. Mm -hmm. How can we manage remote remote working so this is something that i think the last month has given all my management team and i think it's true to my our clients as well we've all started to learn how to manage remotely and i think this opens up a lot of opportunities so on one side i think uh, having employees all around the world and managing them will be much more you know we'll get used to it but also i think that we're going to have to uh, learn how to create a company culture, online company culture. And if we come back to the basis of what we do, uh, you know, talking about branding, we talk a lot about the company's values and the company's uh, culture. I think this will be really, really important. And we're going to have to find the ways how to implement it, not face-to-face, -face, but online. All the internal communication for the companies, building culture online, I think that's, that's something that's going to be really interesting to see how it's uh, going to develop, but I really believe um, it's going to happen. For sure. That's fascinating. All right. Thank you so much for your time and thank you for your insight today. I'm sure listeners are going to find that really useful. Thank you very much. 
Thank you as well. And that concludes episode two of the Live Lounge podcast series. Um, if you would like to speak to anyone that's featured on today's episode, please do contact us at the British Chamber of Commerce in Shanghai. And we hope you'll stay tuned for episode three, which is also hosted by Stephen Proud, where he talks to an additional two speakers, one from the UK and one from Africa on the same topic. So that's all for now. Thank you very much. Goodbye.